0: the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live.
1: Cross over, step back. Ah!
0: That's a brother. Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the Tiger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer
2: wherever you may be. Agent back to pass, rush down the pocket, throwing it downfield, it's into the end zone. Oh,
0: he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone.
2: It is Thursday the third, and you're tuned into Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. You can get in touch with us. You can text us 304-263-4321. You can tweet us at EP Sports Network. I'm Jordan Icewinner alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. Good morning. How are we doing?
3: Pretty good.
1: Good. You know, yesterday felt like Thursday. Today definitely feels like
2: a Friday. Does it? I'm not gonna lie to it's you. It feels off. like a Thursday to me, man. <laughs> it definitely feels like a Thursday to me. But our uh text him just opened up our text thing. And it updated. Man, it's all looking nice and new. Oh, we get, like know. a software update? Yeah, a little software oh, update. Wasn't expecting cool. that. So Texas, does not seem anything else is new with it. 304-263-4321. But let's jump right into it, fellas. We got baseball back on the airwaves this morning at 10 o'clock because, unfortunately, Berkeley Post 14 took a loss in their first game, uh, well, in their game yesterday, and they'll be up against uh, Cumberland today. So it was a 13-4 loss to Quakertown. Not uh, wasn't expecting that kind of a, uh, a score differential out of that game.
1: Yeah, it, it seems as though the Hornets came out a little bit flat, but when they dropped the game in the state tournament, they then turned a corner and, and became the hottest team in the state. So hopefully that's the same again. Uh, They threw Stottlemyer first. He started this game and struggled with control. He walked four batters in the first inning and somehow was able to escape without a run and they had the lead early. Uh, we're leading two nothing at this point. And then trimmed down to the lead. They were down seven two, cut it down to seven four, and then things got away from them. I mean, it's you don't have to look far to figure out why they lost this game. They walked twelve batters and hit three, and you're just you're not going to be able to win a game uh, with numbers like that. I felt as though there were times they were getting squeezed by the home plate umpire, but I don't think enough to have affected the outcome of this game. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was a nervous issue or like we said, come out flat. They played a lot of games, you know, are they tired making that trip to Morgantown? I don't know, but you know, they kind of had that, that pinnacle moment. Coach Tobin talked about last week. They all went out to eat and kind of regained their trust in each other and their confidence in one another. And we kind of need that to happen again. They're playing Fort Cumberland today. They've beaten Fort Cumberland already this year. We said that was one of the advantages that they had this season. They've played two of the seven other teams that are in the regional. So Hopefully we'll see Lane DeLotter throw. Hopefully we'll see this team get back to winning ways and play at four o'clock tomorrow. But I mean, this is everything. Double elimination tournament. You lose, you out. You're out. You win. Um, it's still nervy, um, but I, I still have some confidence in this team.
2: And real quick, uh, from the Panhandle News Network news desk, a uh, traffic update: South Queen Street at the 600 block in Martinsburg, right in front or right near Martinsburg High School, will be closed for an extended period of time due to a water main break. So those of you driving around Martinsburg right now, South Queen Street at the 600 block of Martinsburg near the high school will be closed for an extended period of time due to a water main break. And who says we're just a sports show? Uh, hey, we're, We do it all here there on the Panhandle News Network. But anyways, back to uh, Legion Baseball.
3: Yeah, it's a back-against-the-wall moment for this team. You get beat up pretty good 14-3, to three, and now you've got a chance to rally back. This is what Post-14 did in the state tournament. They lost early their second game, I believe, and rallied back to win the whole thing. Can they do it again with their back against the wall? Are they throwing Lane Delauder today? I would say there's probably a good shot of it. Now they got to come in and really execute with their pitching with a guy like DeLotter. He's had the moments where he's absolutely shined and looked like the best pitcher in the state. And we saw him get touched up a little bit at his last start. Is he able to show us why he's considered one of those best pitchers in the state in this game coming up today? And can this team rally back once again from being knocked down? Because that's what I think is one of the best things about post-14. If they get knocked down, they usually find a really good way to get back up on their feet and attack whatever's in front of them. Can they do it again in this region tournament? Or is it going to be a two at a barbecue for post 14?
2: Yeah, maybe they're the kind of team that needs their back up against the wall a little bit to get their best stuff. The only thing that's tough about this situation is that you do have to throw DeLauder now because it's. Like we've talked about, it's win or go home. But then the next game's also win or go home. And so it's the next game and then the next game. So then you're out your uh, best pitcher for however many days it needs for him to come back. But with that being said, I mean, they've already done this before in this postseason. They've uh, come through the loser's bracket uh, to win their, their uh, tournament. So, I mean, if there's a team in this tournament that could do it, I think it's this team. But that being said, they are coming up against a pretty tough team that also has their backup against the wall in Fort Cumberland.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, for Cumberland, we said that you like their chances because Berkeley's beaten them this year, but they're also a state champion and in a very tough state, uh, and they've got a lot to play for as well. And I, you know, I don't know the their pitching situation, but a lot of managers in the double elimination tournaments will save their number one, you know, to try to get them as late late in the week as possible. Kind of like what Berkeley's doing with the latter, although they don't really have a true number one; they just have a lot of guys that can be number ones. You know, is Fort Cumberland, are we going to see their ace, or did they throw their best guy yesterday and lose? Um, You know, a lot to be determined. I know they hit the ball really well, which is, again, an obvious thing to say about, you know, being in the state tournament or the regional tournament, everybody hits the ball well. But, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, Berkeley's had less time to stew on their loss than Cumberland has. And, again, hopefully the night ended with them kind of reaffirming their resolve and coming out strong and playing this afternoon, or rather this morning again, that game here on WEPM and WCST coming up at 10 o'clock right after Panhandle Live. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, hopefully, DeLauder comes out and gives them the business or whoever they decide to throw, but I'm expecting it to be the ladder, Um and they can keep on dancing.
2: Hey, there's uh, I'm trying to get the full information here, but I know that w- West Virginia Little League Baseball, that um, uh, the Bridgeport team, I believe the 12-year-olds are in the uh, Southeast Regional, mm-hmm. the one right before you get to yeah. uh, Williamsport, and I believe they played 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, and that's on ESPN Plus.
1: And they've made it that far before. Yeah. I know they've gotten very, very, very close in the past.
2: Yeah. So that'd be pretty cool. Down in that, uh, what is that? Not Royal Roberts. Um, what's it What's it called where they play down there in the Carolinas? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, Kurt, it's in Georgia. Oh, Georgia? my gosh. What's it called? Ah, I can't remember, but uh, I'll try to find that. And make sure, but that's at 7 tonight. night. So, uh, look, West Virginia baseball, man, across the state, not just up in uh, the college levels. Pretty good right now, and it's uh, it's fun to watch. And, again, we'll have uh, Post 14 against Fort Cumberland on the air tonight at 10 o'clock, and then uh, we do have Orioles baseball at 3 today, a, a matinee day for the Orioles uh, and the Blue Jays at 3.07. So we got you covered baseball all day long right here on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network.
1: And it's a really important game for the Orioles, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it's the debut of Jack Flaherty for their pitching. Yeah, the guy they traded for from St. Louis coming over. It's a it's a big game for Jack, and then I think it's a season where a lot of people maybe were expecting a little more out of Jack Flaherty hasn't really – shown what he's capable of there's been times where he's been a really good pitcher in st louis but now he comes to baltimore has a chance to really carve out a place in that rotation i think and give a little bit of a boost to the orioles that they need maybe that fourth or fifth pitcher in the lineup we saw with fujinami he had a a rough run of it in oakland comes to baltimore as a relief pitcher and now he's had a couple outings where he's flashed and said okay this was this guy who was really hyped coming out of japan can Jack Flaherty have that performance today for the Orioles where it says, okay, the Orioles did a good thing trading for Jack Flaherty. I mean, it's, it's a low-risk trade because he's he's out, his contract is up at the end of this season. So it's a good chance to really show what you got in Jack Flaherty, if he's worth re-signing or if it's a guy that you let walk in free agency – It's a power move, and going up against Kevin Gossman is going to be a really tough test for Baltimore today, but if they find a way of one, if Flaherty can show he's still a good pitcher, and number two, the Orioles pull off a way to get hits against Kevin Gossman, It'll it'll be a good chance for the Orioles to really have a good outing today.
2: And they need it, too, man. I mean, 4-1 last night. They need to keep these games. They need to keep the losses, of course, at a minimum. But I think they are able to do that. And by the way, uh, Bridgeport's playing Georgia today. I'm not sure what team from Georgia. But 7 o'clock ESPN Plus, if you want to watch a little uh, West Virginia action in uh, the Warner Robins, Georgia, Southeast region. I knew it was something that sounded like Oral Roberts, but Warner or. Warner Robbins is what I was talking about. But you can text us 304-263-4321. Tweet us at EP Sports Network. Get this break a little bit early. We'll be back after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network.
0: It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP Sports Network.
2: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Gurchville Building. I'm Jordan Ice Winter, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. You can text us 304 263 4321. Tweet us at EP Sports Network. Uh, another reminder for those of you in and around Martinsburg, South Queen Street at the 600 block in Martinsburg, in Martinsburg near the high school will be closed for an extended period of time due to a water main break, so avoid the 600 block of uh, Queen Street, South Queen Street, because there's going to be a little bit of traffic and you can't go anywhere because water main break shuts down everything. So uh, for the time being, South Queen Street at the 600 block will be closed for a water main break. And again, uh, head over to PanhandleNewsNetwork.com or to the Panhandle News Network Facebook page for updates on that as they become available. And uh, speaking of updates, as they become available, Parker, you've been uh, rolling through <laughs> NCAA Football. You've been trying to bring the uh, JMU Dukes up from the uh, lower ranks to a nationally recognized and feared program, and it seems like you've done that over your— What would you say, five, six years? I'll let you go through all the accolades, but you got a big decision. It is the decision coming up.
3: Yeah, so this was a thing we've been doing for a while. I talked on the show a few weeks ago how I bought a copy of this over in Cumberland, brought it over, and did some computer modifications to it to make it pretty much updated to what it is today. So I was able to access JMU, which is not in the base game, and I wanted to use them just because of where I grew up in Virginia. Harrisonburg was like about an hour and a half shout away so I was like all right let's go with Harrisonburg and JMU and see what we can do so over our coaching tenure we were able to land a good amount of recruits and we were able to get the second ever two-time Heisman winner in our quarterback did
2: you ever have a number one recruiting class
3: we did yeah actually we did uh not this past off season but two off seasons any first
1: picks in the draft
3: uh, we had a couple first round picks this yeah, past back year. Back to back Heisman. I would sure hope. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a senior this year. Oh. It, wasn't
1: bad. one of the great appeals of NCAA for Couldn't you then upload yep. your draft classes yes. to Madden?
2: Yeah. Take me back. If you did a career like a mm-hmm. like a single career. You could take it into the Madden. That was always
3: fun. Yeah, those were fun. And so we got two first round defensive ends from this past year's team. Ooh. And the book ends. Yeah, Robert it was Kyle Smith and Malik Holloway. That was that was huge. It was really, it was really cool. Year, by the way. We've gotten to that point where the players that I've recruited have, have now graduated. We got a guy, he was one of my first big recruits. He was a four-star defensive end by the name of Robert Smith, and he ended up being he ended up being really good for us. Won I think the Lombardi Award twice in college Ends up being a first round pick. But now since JMU has been taken to the national championship. We beat Georgia in the national title game. Where where is the next step i'm planning on staying one more year at jmu this is our quarterback adam smith's final year his senior season and can we win another one with him that and after that the waters are wide open so i think it's time to go so i'm going to invite it to our listeners 304-263-4321 <laughs> where is coach stone going next where where am i going where am i going to fix next is it marshall is it wvu <laughs> Is it Arizona State? Is it col- do I take Coach Prime's job and go to Colorado? Well, if
2: you wanna want a little bit of a um, temperature check on how the listeners are feeling right now, just got a text 304 263 saying, and you lost me. Fair enough. <laughs> hey man, a little video game talk, talk yeah, just in the morning. Talking video, you know. video Fair games just talking video games, our buddy friend uh, Fred of the program will from W V E P weather. Come on, man. Right. I mean no, but to, it, it boils down to where do I you want to I think it's time see, to leave. Where yeah. do you where do you want to hey, see Coach to Stone go. go next? I think it's yeah. time to go.
1: It boils down to he needs to pick a new college. So where should Coach Stone coach next? That's what that's all yes. that's all that's where
2: crowdsourcing that, that, that question.
1: Alabama, you make the I, jump straight to Bama.
2: Alabama, I don't know or USC. I could see you being USC head coach. Yeah. Bringing the Trojans back up to the top. Oh yeah, <laughs> could see it, but I want to know. See Parker running in here with the victory V up. <laughs> the victory V, as
1: long as it's not horns or anything like that. No, 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 no Texas, Texas, no Oklahoma. Please. Don't go to the U. Yeah, no, no
3: other Big Twelve
2: teams. Marsha replied saying, "WVU need your help. Yeah, they do. Need my help. You're too big for WVU, man. <laughs> I don't big. know.
3: We'll see, but I, I want to hear. I don't it. think
2: West Virginia has the bankroll pay. Parker hey, coach salary. Stone
3: salary hey, and coached coach Stone Rose the Dukes the national problem. we've been to a bowl game every single season since I've been coached by the way too
2: and you know people might be listening to this and thinking hey what are they talking about people are quick to forget that uh, during the pandemic it got real big people doing these coaching things coach, coach Doug's
3: became the most popular thing in the world for about two months So
2: the guy that was running coach Doug's they ended up giving him a real life they did a presentation for him and he took Akron uh, to the national championship one of Heisman and stuff the zips and in this video game, okay. And then in real life, the mayor of Akron, Ohio, did this big presentation and presented uh, game of key to the, city. the key to the city.
3: <laughs> That's awesome. So,
2: it, you might, we might have lost you out there a little bit. This, this can be a big deal for some of these communities. And who, who knows? Maybe somebody at JMU hears this and hears, yeah. wait, hang on, hang on. You're telling me somebody's won a Natty and a couple of Heisman to JMU? We got to hook this guy up with a Hall of Fame. Maybe. And well, next maybe, thing you know, you, you got Parker Stone's plaque in the Hall of Fame. Maybe coach tomorrow Stone. Parker
1: doesn't come to work and he's <laughs> hires the new strength and conditioning <laughs> yeah. coach at JMU. You never yeah, know.
2: Maybe. Hey, people are getting hired playing football, football man soccer joining. manager, if you will. Oh, yeah. And people are getting, well, their stories comes out all the time of coaches getting caught using the video games. They just as, say like, straight say it, They something. say
1: we use it to scout players.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, hey, video games are a big deal now, folks. Yeah. I think it's a big deal that Coach Stone is thinking about leaving JMU. Yeah, I mean, I I think
3: it's coming close to time that we switch our course and try and go to a new program and rebuild that. So I, again, I like
1: I, that you're answering these questions like press conference <laughs> you're, answers.
3: You're press trained. Me and my coaching staff. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's staffs press trained. Our decision a, is up it, in the it, air. We've built something special in Harrisonburg, but I wanna <laughs> I wanna test my coaching at a i I'll never rank. forget
1: my time at JMU.
3: It, w- it, was, it was a wonderful time. I remember my time. first time walking on campus. I knew it was home. Uh, this field means something special to me. Sit, sitting in the fountain in Harrisonburg. It was a
2: great time. That campus is cool, though. That's it, is a, it is a
3: really beautiful campus if yeah. you've never been down to Harrisonburg and check out JMU. But I, I invite it to our listeners where do you want to see coach stone coach at next texas 304-263-4321 where's coach stones next stop you tell me
2: or texas if you want us to keep this segment off the air and we can <laughs> either just, or we can uh, just continue to be hyped. or we there. can continue to be hyped up about it off air because <laughs> we're we're hyped up for it here the panel sports like i said
1: here. we the three of us need to go over there and spend a couple hours and do a wvu save one time oof. just 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 have some fun with it
2: oof hey don't we can nope. turn this into a video game don't thing. threaten me with a good time we can turn, i got hey we've been talking GTA. <laughs> Me and my buddy's been going in on GTA the last couple of nights, way, way later in the night than you got two while you like can with the new one coming out. <laughs> no, when they yeah, charge two hundred fifty dollars for in it, thirty twenty when that comes out. <laughs> uh, but like Parker said, he can text us 304-263-4321. Tweet us at EP Sports Network. We'll uh, get to talking a little high school football and whatnot after the break. But real quick, heard that. Well, the uh, storybook run has ended in the Final Four on, look, people think that uh, basketball is a uh, a, a three-point shooting game nowadays, but the art of the mid-range came in clutch. Well, not for her that, but they lose (laughs) (laughs) because of mid-range jumper in the TBT Final Four.
1: Yeah, and uh, for hard fire, they played a heck of a game. Like you said, it's the art of the three-point shot. Neither team shot the three-ball well at all in this game. Uh, the problem for Heard that is John Elmore had averaged 15 points a game, didn't score his first two points until deep into the Elam ending. And they just couldn't hit shots. I mean, they went on a pretty crazy run to cuff the deficit down. Odd Elmore costed them at some point by taking a really unnecessary technical, but, you know, he kind of has to play up to that part because that's what makes TBT appealing. It's a good sign to see West Virginia teams win regionals in back-to-back years and then Heard that take an even further step. Because we had heard John Flowers say that Best Virginia isn't done, that the the guys that are left are going to keep that going. And John Elmore's still in his prime, so he can keep things going with that. Maybe we'll see those two teams consolidate, which would be uh, certainly a ton of fun. I mean, could you see that the problem is, what do you do? Like, Let's say we merge. You know, well, you could keep Best Virginia, because I don't think that offends anybody. But you can't go gold and blue and green. I mean, can you go blue and green? That would be gross. You know, do you go just go gold and, Mountaineers? Golden green, maybe yeah. a little, you know, something
2: like that. Golden green be cool. It was Thundering be. Mountaineers that way. But uh, like
1: that. The, and the, I don't know if you guys saw the way that it ended, but uh, he said it was a, uh, a jump in, shot at the yeah. elbow, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a banked in three from Putney, who by the way has been criminally underrated throughout his professional career because he's six. I mean, he's literally he's the TBT version of Kevin Durant. He needs to be in the NBA, but he banked in a three from the wing to win the game and knockout heard that they had gotten it down to a single possession uh, and they ended up losing by six. But, you know, a good run for them. Again, I I would say that if it were me, I would consolidate the two teams Hmm. and that with it, you consolidate the fan bases. I mean, I don't know what listeners opinions on that would be. I have a feeling that people have kind of uh, kind of given up on TBT. You know, it's kind of lost its luster. They just set an attendance record. So TBT nationally is getting bigger and bigger. But in West Virginia, I feel like people maybe now the Flowers and Kevin Jones are done. Maybe Mountaineer fans won't care as much. Well, We'll who
2: would be the names? Yeah, that's the thing. I you know, There really I mean, hasn't been any big names since then.
1: Like, I mean, do you want Tavon Myers to be the the leading Mountaineer that's on? You know, Nathan Adrian would do a pretty good job of keeping it going as a Morgantown native, but they don't have the same luster that those guys do because they don't have the same success at WVU that John Flowers and Kevin Jones do. Right. The, and the best Mountaineer players currently out there, you know, two are in the NBA. You know, Tariq Phillips in the G League, he's not interested in coming over. Kanate's not interested in coming back. So from a pure talent standpoint, you can't get the best players because they're playing, mm-hmm. you know, removed from the TVT. And then the ones remaining, like you said, I mean, do you want to see, you know, Gary Brown and Chase Harler and Tavy? You know, Mountaineer fans probably just don't care this that could much. going to be a bunch
2: of like West Virginia adjacent guys yeah. that or you never heard it, of. Or...
1: or they'll do what Heard that did, which is keep three Mountaineer players and then recruit a bunch of mercenaries, yeah. you know, but which worked out for Heard that because they made it to the Final Four, but... You know, I, I'd i be curious to see the next direction because I think it's going to keep going for a little while, but this next year is important for Best Virginia because if it's a bunch of nobodies and Mountaineer fans don't care, then it's going to dry up, we're going to lose hosting a regional in the state, and it's just going to be the end of it. So, you know, what what's the next step going to be, I think, is what's interesting now.
3: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is trying to pull that player base at this point. Are people not going to want to engage in the TBT, and is that going to be the end of, at the end of it, potentially? I I, that's a question we'll have to figure out if there's going to be players that are coming more recently into West Virginia, because you heard it here. John Flowers is done. Kevin Jones is done. Who is that next set of players from West Virginia if they want to keep a West Virginia team together, if they want to keep a herd that together? Because eventually these players playing in the TBT, they're not going to be able to play anymore. We've seen it happen. Players got to go. They got to retire. Their bodies just aren't the same anymore. What's that next group? of people because we've heard people say they don't want to do it. Will they turn the corner and say, okay, yeah, I think it'd be cool to go out and do it. Or is the lack of wanting to do the TBT going to inevitably sink the TBT? I think that's the next big hurdle that everything with this has to take is, is there a player base that is going to come out and do the TBT that maybe never gets that full shot in the NBA or, Maybe is doing it for fun as a fun thing for the college you went to. And maybe it's another thing of like, eventually, we were seeing more people, I think, take the route to if they want to go to the NBA. And if they're that good, we've seen more people go straight into the NBA's G League system, which is their developmental system, and just go through there. So there's no real college brand, college idea for those guys for the most part. Mm-hmm. So is that a route people are taking? But, I mean, we're not seeing the Victor Wimbanyamas and the Scoot Hendersons in no. the world go into the TBT. Not, I
2: don't think we're ever going to see them. No. We're we not- saw
1: our first draft-eligible player, not a lottery pick, our first draft-eligible player played in TBT this year. A mm-hmm. kid coming from college, then to the NBA. So that could continue, but not like like you said, mm-hmm. Victor Wimbanyama's not going to do it. Now, would a mid-second-round pick be interested in doing it? Sure. Potentially, yeah.
2: Well, it's like uh, that what was it called? The big three. It was a three-on-three thing with That's, all the former pros yeah. and things. It's still around. It's just yeah, not but like big. they can't get any traction with it either. So I don't know what it is with some of these niche, you know, tournaments and sports things that we just have so many leagues i think that's yeah, what it is there's just, just so, so much to watch that it's yeah. hard to watch all of it but you can text us 304-263-4321 when we come back after this bottom of the hour break we'll talk a little uh high school football we got high school football previews coming out we got shepherd previews coming out and we uh we'll talk a little jefferson high school football after the break on wpm and wcst the panhandle news network mm-hmm.
0: It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP Sports Network.
2: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville Building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. You can text us 304-263-4321. Tweet us at EP Sports Network, and especially text us your high school football predictions. Who do you think is going to be the top dog in the EPAC this year? Is it Martinsburg's to lose? Is it Musselman? Maybe Hedgesville is going to sneak up on some people. Maybe Washington will sneak up on some people. Or will it be the Jefferson Cougars? Now, looking at last year, I mean, they finished with a record of 8-4. and four. Really only one game that was close. That was their 21-20 to 20 loss to Musselman uh, early in the season. But every other game was either a big win or, well, not too many losses, but... Is either a big win or a big loss. So looking towards this year, they should still have most of that firepower, but uh, what are you thinking out of the Jefferson Cougars of this upcoming 2023 season?
1: Well, I got to have a conversation with Coach Craig Hunter yesterday, and we'll uh, have a preview out on the website here in the coming days and play back just a little bit of that audio. Uh, I've said, and I, I stand by the statement that, I mean, we know what Martinsburg is, but Jefferson, to me, has the highest floor of the remaining teams in the EPAC. They return... Some talent and some really key areas. You know, when you have your quarterback coming back f- for another season, you know you're going to maintain a certain level of being able to compete. And-, and Craig Hunter has transformed that program into a perennial contender. And he did so, you know, as one of the best teams in the state with Sammy Roberts, and then was able to replicate that when Sammy went to Shepard. You know, he's got great athletes at his disposal that he puts in positions to succeed, and they're coming off of a season where, while their record wasn't as good as it was the Sammy year, where they were undefeated mm-hmm. until the last week of the season and lost to Martins. That Spring Valley game, and I talked to Coach Hunter about it yesterday, is one of the most impressive, if not the most impressive wins uh, in his coaching tenure at Jefferson. They were the 10 seed going on the road in the first round of the playoffs. They were the only lower-seeded team to win in round one of the Class AAA playoffs, driving to Huntington. And, you know, from what we talked with him last year, there was a, a sickness, a bug that went through the team. He said, we weren't, we weren't able to practice as as much as we'd like to that week. We had players that missed the game. We had players that had to come out in the middle of the game because they were sick, which all makes that game incredible. Not to yeah. mention Jefferson was this you know high flying, speedy offense. Spring Valley is a pound the rock football team, an option football team, and there was pouring rain that game, which you think would you know go in the way of Spring Valley. But I say all that to say, you know that game last year was one of the most impressive victories and results a Panhandle team has ever gotten. They've got depth in their offensive lines, Three starters coming back from last year. Um, they also have Herich, a quarterback. I have questions about his accuracy, but his mobility and his competitiveness you know, can't be understated. The other strength offensively is going to be Tayshon Roper and Rodrigo Delgado. Delgado's coming over from Washington, are two very capable running backs. They lose a lot at wide receiver, but they may have the best wide receiver in the state in Keyshawn Robinson. Mm-hmm. And they also have an interesting story in Quentin Goins. Started last year as their quarterback, lost the job to Herrich, uh, and then found different ways to compete for the team. He turned himself into the team's punter and he turned himself into an edge rusher and he's garnering now some significant division 1 interest as an edge rusher and we're going to see him offensively you know uh, as somebody that can be a really good pass catcher for this team as well I'm excited to see that uh, Nolan Nolan Melive, excuse me, is one of the best pure tacklers on defense. So Jefferson from top to bottom have playmakers everywhere. The, the concerns for me for this team is a little bit of a rebuilt secondary, a little bit of a rebuilt wide receiver room, and Herich's accuracy, if he's able to take that step up like we're expecting him to and Max Anderson to do. But you're looking at a playoff team at Jefferson, I believe, despite a very difficult schedule and a team that has slain Giants in the past and could do the same this year.
3: I feel like the thing with Jefferson, too, we've been talking about all these moves that have been happening in the Eastern Panhandle with coaching, with people, with players moving to different schools. It seems out of all the teams, Jefferson has stayed the most consistent within themselves, and maybe that's why you haven't heard maybe a ton of buzz about this team. But there are a lot of great pieces on this roster. You look at it. Robinson's one of the best wide receivers in the state. You've got Arich. If he can take that next step, we could see Jefferson once again winning a playoff game. But I think you summed it up the best, Luke, by saying they're the team with probably the highest floor, because this is a team that, you know, unless a weird scenario happens and some unfortunate injuries happen or some unfortunate things happen, they're making the playoffs. They're, Mm -hmm. They're a team that is consistent in making the playoffs. They're fantastic. And I mean, people were probably asking questions this time, maybe last year in September, when they started off one and two. They played Millbrook close. They lose Sharando by three touchdowns, and then they lose a nail-biter against Musselman. Probably a lot of people were hit, hitting the panic button on Jefferson. Then they go ahead and rattle off eight out of their not last nine games. They win. Their only loss after that point was Martinsburg. Then, again, you mentioned they go to Huntington and beat Spring Valley. And that that's a team that has shown that it's impressive. I think the biggest concern from my end is who is going to be wide receiver to. Because you lose two guys in your roster in Powell and Fritz. Both are playing in college. Both are going to Shepard, I believe. And how are you going to replace that? Because people are going to be putting a lot of attention on Keyshawn Robinson in that wide receiver room. It wouldn't shock me if we'd see some shading over to his side or maybe some doubling on Keyshawn Robinson. How are they going to feed the ball into other players' hands? Is it going to be run-centric potentially with Rodrigo Delgado, who's coming by way of Washington? Is it going to be Quentin Goins, who's been rumored to be playing a little bit of tight end as long as an edge rusher, too? A beast. He it, moved out there for some the time. It, a could, could it be something like that? Could it be an over the middle target of that nature? Is it Tayshon Roper, who could be splitting time in the slot and in the backfield? I'm not too sure, but they got to find that weapon in the passing offense outside of Keyshawn Robinson if Jefferson wants to have more success this upcoming season. Well,
2: we talked a lot about how they'll be able to score the ball but uh, or score the football, but how are they going to look on the defensive end? I mean, looking at their scores last year, I mean, they did pretty well. I mean, I'm looking here in a couple of their wins. I mean, they gave up 17 points. I think that's the most they gave up in a win and a loss uh 21 and then they gave up 63 to martinsburg but that's the martinsburg game you never know which way that coin's going to flip right so what do they look like on the defensive end of course they could score but you got to do a little bit more than that to win especially in these epac games
1: yeah and my concern is they lost a lot up the spine of their defense they lose martinez and hegman they they started at a four-man front last year and switched to a 3 um and they lose two of those defensive tackles now Goins began the year um, not as a starter on that side of the football, and then ended it. And then they also have Wyatt Shively. We talk about a grown man. I mean, he's also oh, going yeah. Yeah, to wreak some havoc. Those two bookending that front three, if they get a, a big run stuff or D tackle nose tackle, to put in the middle of those two, I think they're not going to have an issue. But you also lose Moses Talley at linebacker, and you lose – we talked about um, losing their wide receivers. They also lose a very good running back in Evan Tool. Now, mm-hmm. Delgado is a similar player and replaces him in terms of his offensive ability. But Evan Toole also played safety um, for them last year. So they lose, I believe it was Toole and Powell. So you lose two of your starting safeties, two starting linebackers and two starting defensive tackles and right up the middle of your defense. Now, again, they're going to plug some key players into those places. Like I mentioned, Goins, and I said, me live, you know, you try not to pick favorites, but he's one of my favorite defenders in the EPAC. He and Gavin Jones, in my opinion, were the two most underrated defenders in the EPAC last year. Gavin Jones is an edge rusher for Spring Mills. Um, Kobe Moneypenny, I'd put in that list as well. Uh, Live's a pure tackler that's going to be asked to do a lot sideline to sideline this season, I have high expectations for him. So they have playmakers. One thing they have in spades that they returned from last year, Tayshaun Roper and Keyshawn Robinson play both ways, and they might be the two best cornerbacks in the conference. I mean, when you've got a guy that's got sub-4-3 speed uh, and Keyshawn Robinson who's playing at WVU, and then you've got Tayshaun Roper, And the quote I got from Coach Hunter about him was, he's got 4-4 speed, put on 20 pounds in the offseason, and maintain that 4-4 speed. So they're going to be able to take away matchups on the outside, which frees up more opportunities for double teams and blitzes in the middle of the field. So Jefferson will be one of the stronger defenses, despite losing a lot. uh, We'll wait and see him scrimmage first, but I don't have concerns as to saying that the defense would be a glaring need for them.
2: And you know Coach Hunter is going to have this team ready to go anyways. Oh, yeah. Like he always does. But I think one of the most impressive storylines from last year was Quentin Goins. I mean, it goes from being the starting quarterback where everybody was talking about, you know, how good he was going to be, how many points he was going to put up on the offensive end. And then, I mean, it was the game that we were calling where everything kind of started to switch. He wasn't as productive. It was a game or two, you know, in a row where he wasn't that productive on the offensive end. They switched him around, and they go on to win that game. I believe they go on to win that game. And, uh, well... So, if
1: the fir- the first game was the Musselman game they the lost. The second game was the one. Yeah, and then yeah. when the Spring Mills game was really when Haritz settled in, and they right. they diced up. And I feel bad for Spring Mills in that game because they didn't have Anderson, and they couldn't move the ball. Their defense, what they did was unbelievable, keeping right. them in the game. But Haritz eventually found the seams in that defense and picked them apart. So you're right. I mean, Goins is – he's got an incredibly strong arm. We we liken him to Jameis Winston. But Harich uh, came over, like you said, and and took that offense right away and helped them compete. And you're, the
3: biggest thing, too, I would say, for making that switch in week three, that was bold to do that. After you've had a guy, you go into the season, you're one and two, to have the point to say, okay, this is a crossroads. I need to switch. That speaks a lot of what Coach Coach Hunter is. It's a coach, too, to be able to make that move. And really, that was maybe what led Jefferson to the playoffs because it's a different scenario if Goins is quarterback. Not saying that it was going to be rails were falling off or anything like that, but the ability to make that switch to your hot hand. And maybe and it was a decision that was polarizing. We, we had questions about it, saying, is this the right move? And it turned out, yes, it was the correct move. So – it, it, again, props to Coach Hunter. It's proving why he's one of the better coaches in the state of West Virginia by the ability to make that switch.
2: What I was getting at was that uh, I thought it was pretty impressive that Goins took the switch as well as he did. And yeah, he absolutely. And moved into playing sure. these different positions as great as he has been because, I mean, 90 I'd say 90% of kids, especially going into that season, being the number one quarterback and things, that they were told, hey, look, it's not working we're going to put you here, would have just shut down and that have been the end of their season. But he goes on to make the team even better going into that other position with Harwich uh, doing as well as he did production-wise uh, at the quarterback position. But, yeah, we got the uh, Jefferson preview coming out. Got a bunch of previews. Getting ready to hit the uh, hit the website, panhandlenewsnetwork.com, here in the coming days Keep an eye out for that, especially over on our Twitter at EP Sports Network. And you can always text us 304 263 4321. We come back. We'll get Parker's picks and start to wrap things up on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the
0: Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker.
2: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville Building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck, 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 uh...
1: luck, 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 luck.
2: Yeah, I like to call this
3: my luck of the day. Provenance it it's never fails. Never failed once. Well, leading teams to national championships and getting perfect slates on Parker's picks seem to be the normal now. It was a perfect slate yesterday for the picks. Yesterday's lock was the Dodgers covering the run line against the A's. They let up on him. Ten to one final, the Dodgers beat the A's. McClanahan had three strikeouts and the Rays lost to the Yankees yesterday. And a twelve to five final hit the over on runs in the Angels and Braves game. Twelve to five favoring Atlanta. Let's go try and go back-to-back to back today. Today's lock of the day is going to be the Rangers to get the win over the White Sox. It is also Max Scherzer's debut today for Texas, so I think he is going to have the opportunity with a really good offense in the Rangers to really take care of a team in the Chicago White Sox who are, I'm not sure where their trajectory is. I don't know if they're trying to rebuild, if they're trying to look for the future or what they're looking to do, but I don't think there are any Close to a team at the Rangers at the moment. I think Texas wins this game handily with Max Scherzer having a pretty good first performance for the Rangers as well. Also, I'm going under on five and a half strikeouts for Jack Flaherty today for the Orioles game against the Blue Jays. I just think for him, I think just handling the batters for the Blue Jays will be the test for Jack Flaherty. I'm not expecting eight strikeouts and a really and two hits for Jack Flaherty in this game. I just want to see some improvement from where he's been earlier this season. So I think he's under on strikeouts today in a Blue Jays game. That's going to be really tough for, I think, Baltimore as well. And I got Nick Cassianos going two-plus total bases against the Marlins today as well. I think Cassianos has a good chance. I've mentioned the Phillies before being a team that's having a pretty good second half. With a win today, I think they would jump the Marlins for number two in the NL East. So I think they're able to do that today in Miami with Cassianos. What's the – he always does like it's always with uh like untimely events Careful. Un- like it, it, it's always at an untimed event Cassianos like hits a home run I think that's the running yes. gag that people have for it so I, th- I think he's going to be taking care of business against the Marlins today so I'm going Rangers as today's lock of the day to win Jack Flaherty's under on strikeouts Cassianos two plus total bases today for the Phillies <laughs>
2: And when you hear that, it means football is back, albeit this game nobody cares about. But football <laughs> yeah. is back anyways. NFL football is back. we got the uh, Hall of Fame game tonight, 8 o'clock. The Browns and the Jets, do you care? Do you expect anything? Are you even going to watch it? What do you think about the uh, Hall of Fame game and football officially, officially being back?
3: I mean, I might watch the first drives for both teams. That's probably about it. I mean, they're not going to be playing most of anybody of significance. Aaron Rodgers is playing this game. As far as I know of, Zach Wilson is starting for the Jets tonight, so I'm interested to see if he's picking up anything from Aaron Rodgers. If they're totally out on Zach Wilson potentially being something, or is it, okay, Zach Wilson, we have plans for this guy. We're going to just keep him behind Aaron Rodgers until – Aaron Rodgers says he's done. I don't know what the plan is long-term for Zach Wilson. For the Browns side, I, I I don't really know what to expect for Cleveland either. I think Cleveland might surprise some people who make the playoffs, guys. I really do. If Deshaun Watson can come back to this team and show he, – he's that 2022 when he came back for the last five or four games of the season was an outlier, and he just had was rusty because he hadn't played football in almost two years. If he gets close to that quarterback that he was in Houston, I really do think the Browns have a really good chance to make the playoffs. They have a really solid roster right now, a great pass rush, a great defense. They've added some good pieces on that team as well to help Deshaun Watson on offense. I think they have a real chance to potentially be a playoff team. And again, like the Hall of Fame game, you, you don't have anything to really look for. If you've got a guy. Did yeah, they finally fix the turf when they were with the wasn't an issue with the turf? Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing really to look for here unless you've got a favorite player maybe who was a rookie or something or you've been following hard knocks with the Jets and wanting to watch I maybe need one that, of those man. guys. I need HBO
2: just for hard knocks.
3: So um, that's really about it with the Hall of Fame game. But the Hall of Fame Shryman is this weekend as well, which there's some pretty cool names in that list too, including
2: <laughs> Chuck Howley anybody's got the an hbo password and login they want to send our <laughs> way you can text us 304-263-4321 uh because hard knocks is the best man i'm that, getting
1: it again this august because they're coming up with the second season of winning time the, the, oh, the Lakers yeah, yeah, show yeah, yeah. which is amazing so i'll be mm-hmm. getting hbo for that
2: you guys have been to canton to the football hall of fame? i've driven past it but i've not i, I haven't been been either it. that's a bucket list thing that's for cool me eventually that's I've been to cooperstown cool. cooperstown's awesome yes. cooperstown was amazing Cooperstown's yeah. awesome but the uh, i hear the nfl hall of fame is pretty cool and i hear well, i hear all of them are neat the nba one's pretty cool So you can dunk on like every basketball hoop (laughs) throughout creation, which is kind of neat. That's pretty cool. Yeah, from the peach basket to the net, the normal basket. I'm not sure. (laughs) <laughs> but, anyways, in Texas, 304 263 4321. Running out of time here, fellas. Anything else you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, I want to touch on this really quickly since we got some NCAA 14 talk on the air. <laughs> uh, two crazy soccer stories happened yesterday. I know people don't care, but there's a team from the Faroe Islands, a, mm-hmm. a country of 50,000 people, uh, called uh, Klotzvik, qualified for European competition, a town of 5,000 people is going to be playing European, probably Conference League football, which is unbelievable. And then FC Copenhagen uh, defeated a team from Iceland yesterday, 6-3. A guy named Ori Orkison scored a hat-trick against the team his dad coached and oh. his dad had given Ori his professional debut at 13 years old Yeesh. and a few years later wow. he knocks him out of Champions League qualification by scoring a hat trick I thought that That'd was be a crazy an awkward story Thanksgiving. I was going to say that's, that's exactly dinner. what he said after the game he said I don't think I'm invited home for a couple of weeks <laughs> be
2: an awkward dinner oh. <laughs> what you got Park anything else uh, yeah stick around for Panhandle Live
3: coming up after Panhandle Sports Live then after that we will have coverage of American Legion Baseball with Berkeley Post 14 following the conclusion of Panhandle Live as well as our first three game of the weeks for football we're announcing that tomorrow so be on the lookout for that
2: that's right and then uh, baseball continues on the airwaves today at three o'clock you got orioles baseball a little matinee day game against the uh toronto blue jays but that just about does it for us today on panhandle sports live if it's a show you can listen back to a little bit later on on our panhandle news network facebook and spotify page uh you can always well Text us 304 263 4321. You know how it goes. But, uh, anyways, Panade Live is next. We're going to go out with a little what is this? Tracy Lawrence on this album, this is CD I found oh, downstairs, man. fellas. <laughs> NASCAR Hotter Than Asphalt from 1996. We'll let Tracy Lawrence play us out today. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. By the time I was
1: Crystal alligators and not a hundred rattlesnake. Grow a fifty seven Chevy to the bottom of the lake. I've a hundred dollars when I didn't have a dime. The that I'm a living, it's a wonder I'm alive. Never gave a single thought to putting on the fridge i one foot on the pedal one foot in the grave.
0: WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.